Welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. This is the 63rd episode of this podcast. And usually I talk about movies. Last episode I talked about the Nintendo Direct. It was an embarrassing episode because I didn't have a lot to talk about. And in this episode... I'm titling it Cruise Control because I'm I think I'm mo- mostly going to be talking about my cruise experience, my first cruise experience. Um, the gain seems a little high. I'm going to turn down a teensy bit. Um and I've only seen one thing in the past, you know, couple weeks, which is the Murdaw Murders or Murdog or Murdo or Murtara. Murdoch murders a southern scandal. Um, so I, who cares, right? Maybe I'll get to that at the end. Maybe I'll start off with the Murdoch murders. Um, but I went on a cruise, and it was my first ever cruise. Why? Why are you listening to an an old, pathetic, depressed Asian American man? A fat, overweight, piece of shit Asian man talk about a cruise experience? I I don't know. I can't tell you that. Um, my my wife's always the one who's trying to get us to do things and go get together and go places. She's like, I want to go to San Francisco. I want to go to France. I want to go to Paris. I want to go to Spain. I want to go to Japan. I want to go to Korea. And I'm like, I'll take you to Paris, California. How about that? I'll take you to the Paris replica in Las Vegas. I'll take you to New York, New York in Las Vegas. Um, next to the M&M and the Coke factory. And I don't know why we never went on a cruise before, but she kind of impulsively, spontaneously was like, hey, you want to go on a cruise? I'm like, yes. So we went. My parents have been on many cruises before. And they never invited me. I never questioned them. I was usually the one taking them to the port or whatever and picking them up. But I never questioned, hey, why don't you invite me, you sons of bitches? And if I had to theorize, I well, now after the fact, I'm assuming it's because of the room situation. The room's very small, but I'll get to that. And they would probably have to have to get me my own room, which is more expensive. But so we went to Ensenada, Mexico, and we went on a Royal Caribbean cruise. And I enjoyed myself. It was fun. It's basically a a, a party, twenty four seven party. Although. You know, I'm I'm exhausted on a regular day, on a normal day, on a whatever. I'm exhausted on the reg. So it's not a party 24-7. It's a party 14 hours and then 10 hours of sleep. But it's basically a 24-7 party for however many days you're on the cruise. So we did a three-night cruise from Long Beach to... I think Long Beach or San Pedro 
to Ensenada, my um, friend kind of warned me that the boat was rocking when he recently went on a cruise. And I, I suffer from motion sickness, like going to Universal Studios. I need the Dramamine. So we picked up the Dramamine. And it helped, but not 100%. And we'll get to that. So prior to going on a cruise, I think my idea was... My, the allure was like, oh, there's a casino, slot machines, 24-7. You can go there all day, all night. Oh, you can eat food all the time, 24-7. There's food. You can do room service. There's Everything's included. All you can eat, all you can drink. And some of that is true, not completely, not all the way. And I guess it depends on the cruise you go on, the... What do you call it? Not the airline. The cruise line. That makes more sense. Um, the one we went to, drinks were not included. So they were advertising like drink packages, like soda packages and alcohol packages. We didn't get any of those. I don't know how much we would have saved. But we didn't get any drinks. So anytime we ordered a drink, we had to pay for it. Um, not complaining. I'm just saying as for a fact, we had to pay for it. And I didn't think we would drink as much as we did, but it was like when you're sitting there and you're like, what else are we going to do? We're like, <laughs> we're in our 30s. We're not children. Why why not get a drink? So I got a couple vodka Red Bulls. And at one point I called it a Red Bull vodka. And the guy was like, oh, you want vodka Red Bull? I don't know what accent that was. And... um. My wife, she looks at the menu and she kind of just picks at random. She couldn't, I bet you she couldn't repeat anything she ordered. Um, she just looks at the, she, whatever looks nice, whatever sounds nice. She just orders whatever. So we didn't have any sort of drink package. Um, their food is included. So you have a bunch of food options like, it's cool, and I'm not used to it, but, like, on the top deck, there's, like, burritos. There's a little side stand area where you can just grab a burrito. And I kept joking with my wife, where's the cash register? That got old real quick. She didn't laugh even the first time, but I was like, I, was, I just kept looking for the cash register. Um... So you can grab like nachos and, and uh, burritos and and then there's like buffet options. It's like cafeteria style. So you just walk in and you grab food from the buffet and then you find a seat and you get to it. But there are premium options, the upcharge. So there was one night where we decided to go to um, a sushi place which is you pay for the food. It's like premium. So even though there is a buffet, not a, well, even though there's dinner options that are included, we decided, hey, the sushi place looks nice, looks good. Let's try it. And surprisingly, the restaurant, the dinner place that <laughs> all of them asked, hey, we missed you last night. I don't know if that's protocol, but it was interesting. 
my wife and I were like, why are they keeping track that we weren't here? Are they taking attendance? Um, but like the, the waiter, the assistant waiter and the head waiter, they're like, where'd you go last night? Or we missed you. I'm like, there's thousands of people on this cruise ship. How do you, um, whatever. I'm sure that's part of their stick or their protocol. Um, the food was good. Even the dinner, like the dinner option was not really buffet style, but they were like, Hey, if you want more, just ask, we'll give it to you. It's all included. So on night three, we're like, there's a shrimp, um, there was a shrimp appetizer and the shrimp main dish. And we're like, keep them coming. Or you can eat shrimp like Homer Simpson. Um, everyone was nice. Everyone was cool. They were very accommodating. You know, they they try to make it, you know, there's this video of the cruise director. He kept saying, I kept doing the impression to my wife. But his name was Tiago. And he, he, we watched the video over and over again. He's like, you came here on the Royal Caribbean cruise on the Navigator of the Seas as friends, but you leave as part of the Navigator family. And they make it feel like there was this nice little video at the end where all the different groups of um, employees, cruise employees, are like waving to you and everyone is cheering like for the restaurant crew, for the photography crew, for um, the captain, the cruise director, all this stuff. So it was cool. Um, the casino was not open 24-7. It opened at, like, 5 p.m. for some reason. Every time we swung by, all the machines says, um, not in service, not in service, until, like, 5.15, which is a little weird, but probably better for our pocketbooks. And we never did room service once, and I was telling my coworker about the cruise and she's like we did room service all the time they they charge you a, a mandatory gratuity every day so might as well use it and i was like i didn't even think of that um i think they charged the 16 dollars it's not really oh well, it is forced gratuity but that's a negative connotation um but we didn't order room service once and i regret it I wish I got that roomy servicey. I don't know what the fuck that was. What I just said right now. Um, so we had a great time. I'll get to the con. Well, we were apparently supposed to get to Ensenada on day two and have about maybe, let's say, 7 a.m. till 5.30 p.m. to explore Ensenada. But because of the weather conditions, we were not able to do that. And my friend who had went on a cruise, he said the weather was so bad, they didn't even get off the ship. They didn't let them get off the ship, which is unfortunate, but, you know, safety first. So we went up to Ensenada on day three instead, and we had a shorter window of time to explore about 7 a.m., actually later, because they didn't open the gangway or they didn't dock officially until like 8 and then we had to be back on board at 1.30 p.m. So a short period of time. Um, we took a little shuttle into town. And then they're like, here are your options. We can go to La Bufadora, 
which is um, a little shopping area and a night like some food options. But I didn't. I don't think any of us any of us realized that the bus trip, the shuttle bus trip into La Bufadora was like an hour each way, and it was raining and there was a little bit of traffic. So we didn't have a lot of time to explore La Bufadora. Um, but we had the chance to get some lobster tacos, tacos all around, lobster, fish tacos, chicken tacos, asada tacos. The food was pretty bomb, and but we didn't get a lot of chance, a lot of chance um, to explore. And there's all these salespeople that come up to you kind of aggressively. Hey, hey, hey come over here, come over here. Da, 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 da. Uh, that the rolling of the R was not meant to be ra- racially provocative. I just it's just something I do when I get nervous and tired, and I am tired and nervous. Um, my friend wanted me to get um, wrestling masks, Mexican wrestling masks, because he wasn't able to disembark from the ship. I looked for them. I honestly did, but I couldn't find them. I told I'm not familiar with Mexican wrestling other than Nacho Libre. And my friend sent me pictures and I was looking at the pictures and I was like, do you have Pentagon Jr.? Do you have Ray Phoenix? And they looked at me like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Maybe Mexican wrestling is. Sorry. God damn it. That was my hi-hat symbols. Um, maybe it's bigger in U.S. than Mexico. Mexico, uh, or maybe they're just not into it. Maybe they just sh- shell out the merch and they don't know. But they didn't. They didn't. I don't know. I don't. I just don't know. I don't know. But by by night three, I ha- or day three, I had a big headache, major headache all day. And I'm assuming it's because I was on a. Sh- I've been on a ship for the past two days. And then right before dinner, right before watching a show, I felt like I was going to throw up. And it just kind of sucks to be on a, sh- a rocking ship, rocking back and forth. And you've already taken the Dramamine and there's just nothing else you can do. And you can't exactly get off the ship. So you're just there, stuck in it. Um, you know, my joke was... You know what's missing from Vegas? The feeling of being on an elevator constantly. Or the feeling of a thousand aftershocks. We should incorporate Vegas and aftershocks and elevator feeling and marry it together and start a cruise line. Um, that That's how I initially felt. Like It felt like Vegas plus seasickness. That's essentially it. And for me, I couldn't help but feel like it just feels too easy to drive to Vegas, which is not that far away, and skip the seasickness altogether. And then my coworker was like, well, you're not, you're not going to have an all-inclusive thing like you are on a cruise. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. You're going to spend more um if you go to Vegas, then on a cruise line, I guess. 
but that seasickness it's weird i started it started feeling almost like a a twilight zone or a, a Shyamalan movie where like imagine you're on a cruise ship and everyone's walking funny and the boat's rocking and everyone knows it but we're all strangers so we don't know each other and everyone knows that we're on a cruise ship rocking back and forth but we don't talk to each other about it and to me it all, it almost felt like you could you could start off a twilight zone episode where people are just hanging out in a normal seeming space and then all of a sudden they're like whoa and then other people are like whoa or they all go whoa at the same time but they're all strangers they don't know each other and then at the end of the episode you pan out and it's a cruise ship or that's the end of the cold open i don't know i'm just brainstorming but it almost felt like it's a metaphor for anything anything you want where it's a metaphor for something that we're all aware about, but we don't acknowledge it or talk about it with each other. So that could be the depression epidemic. That could be economic straits, homelessness. It could be COVID, where everyone knows it's going on, but we're just not talking about it with each other. I don't know. That, that, that's where my mind went to whilst on this cruise. Lately, I've been appreciating um, live performances of any kind. So what the first one we went to was this showgirl show where there's singing and dancing. And that was a lot of fun. The singers and dancers were all really good. And they're doing it on a cruise ship. There was one ice skating show that I couldn't, I didn't get a good, we got there late and my wife, my wife was able to see most of it, but I was kind of standing in the back and I couldn't really see it, but I'm sure it was great. And the last one we saw was this juggler. For some reason, all jugglers are hilarious, or at least the two I've seen in recent years. I went to see a juggler in, um... The Pomona Fair, Pomona Fairgrounds, he was hilarious. And this guy, his name was Jason Garfield, and he's a world championship juggler. And he was buff and hilarious. He kind of reminded me of the Jason the Green Ranger, who recently passed R.I.P. Um, he just kind of had that vibe from afar. He had a bald head, he was buff, and he was hilarious. And one of his jokes were, um, I know you're raring to get out of here as soon as possible and have your 17th meal of the day. And everyone, la everyone laughed because it's true. Man, one time my wife brought us to the buffet and I'm like, well, I'm kind of saving my stomach for dinner, so I'm not going to eat anything. I'm just going to drink water. But you have free food in front of you, especially with me. It's dangerous. I I think I got three plates full. That might 
or might not be an exaggeration, but I got three plates full, maybe. Because it's included, it's free. Uh, I, I, I have a hard time rejecting free food. I, I just do. It's a problem. I think I have an eating disorder. I ate Wendy's today, and I was just... It's one of those times where you're... I eat, I've eaten in my car maybe 20,000 times in my life, but some about half of those times I'm on the verge of tears. Just like, I didn't need to order all this food. I just didn't. I got a bourbon burger. I think it's a bourbon bacon burger. Would you like a single or a double? Double. Um, and can you make the fries garlic fries? Do you want garlic fries instead of the regular fries? Or do you want it on the side? Instead of the regular fries? Um, and the drink? Coke Zero. Also a six-piece spicy chicken nuggets with ghost pepper sauce. Um, the uh, the other day, I think it was just yesterday, I was planning. <coughs> pardon me. I was planning on getting a snack, just to assuage my hunger before I ate dinner with my wife that night. So I was the, I went to Jack in the Box drive-through and I was like I'll get two tacos, maybe a small fries, maybe a water. And then there was a banner because Easter's coming up. So there's a banner for a deluxe fish sandwich combo. So immediately I was like I'll have the deluxe fish sandwich combo. Medium or large? Um medium curly fries, a water, and add a seven-piece jalapeno poppers while you're at it. The jalapeno poppers... I remember one time in college, <laughs> this one girl was like, she ordered these jalapeno poppers at Jack in the Box, and she was like, you know, our, our other classmate was like, what's that? And she's like, jalapeno poppers... I'd offer you one, but I like them too much. I don't think she was trying to be funny, but everyone laughed. And I've tried them. I, I usually like jalapeno poppers, but I've tried those ones at Jack in the Box over and over again. I, 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 I don't like them. They're just not my jam. But I, usually, I like jalapeno treats. I like jalapenos. I like jalapeno poppers, but just not the way Jack does it. What the fuck was I talking about? Um, Cruise. So, the room is small. Well, dep it de depends on the cruise line and depends on which room you get. My wife, I remember she said, oh, it's so tempting to upgrade. And she was taking care of all the bookings. So, I, I, I didn't really, I didn't know how small, I didn't know what the upgrade entailed. But you walk in and you see the bed. And there's not much room for anything else. There is a TV. There's a small couch. There's a little counter table where you can... And a mirror to get ready or whatever. The bathroom is small. It's reminiscent of an airplane bathroom. But there is a shower. I meant to... I wanted to Google how do cruise line showers work. And I wonder if they just have 
if they just load up gallons and gallons of water every time they dock to get ready for people and their showers i i I don't know or does it come from the ocean i'm gonna go ahead and guess no but i have no idea um on that note i one of my recent one of my favorite documentaries in recent times was um last cruise um it's like 40 minutes long i watched it by myself and this was years and years and years before we had even thought about going on a cruise and it's it's about the first cruise i think they're in china and covid hits and there it's like the first one of the ma- first major incidents of covid and they're they're on a cruise ship and covid hits and it's very interesting it's 40 minutes long you you never see a 40 minute documentary you know it's tight it's concise as fuck let me see if i can find um i was talking to my brother about it um so he asked me why is it one of your favorites so here's what i said it's tight quick and really interesting to me and it's like a glimpse into a unique situation. People just want to go on a cruise to enjoy themselves. And they're struck with this weird, crazy situation that we all experienced. Like we all know what the pandemic felt like. But what if you were on a cruise when the pandemic first hit? I think most people were at home. Like I think most people were at home when they found out about COVID. But these people were on a fucking cruise i believe this was the very first instance straight out of china no one knew what to make of it i remember when we first started hearing about covid and most people were like the flu kills more than whatever this new virus is everyone chillax but these people on the cruise had direct first-hand experience of dudes in hazmat suits mandating them to quarantine blah 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 um i started watching it the other day and then i asked my wife if she wanted to rewatch it even though she's seen it once and we rarely rewatch things together and i asked her if she wants to watch it and she said yeah but i started watching it and this couple was like here's the bedroom and here's the hot tub and i was like whoa 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 your room had a bedroom because our room was a bedroom and your room had a hot tub so already i'm intrigued i was intrigued with this documentary before but now having having went on a cruise i think i'll find it even more intriguing it's called last cruise i believe it's streaming on um hbo max also i've been binging ghost town podcast i've talked about it many times before I highly recommend it. I think Rebecca Lieb and Jason Horton are very funny. And I've said it 80 billion times, but the newer episodes are just different. The format is different. The feel is different. And I like what they were before when it was just two funny people being funny. And now it feels more like a legitimate 
true crime podcast and usually it's just Rebecca Lieb talking by herself and then sometimes Jason Horton chimes in at the end and gives a few insights but it's not the same unfortunately but maybe you'll like it maybe you'll like the new format as well but I prefer the older episodes and they did an episode called the Carnival Poop Cruise which is an interesting story of a carnival cruise line where they lost power. They had an incident and they lost power and everyone ended up pooping in like hazmat bags and just throwing it in the hallway. And that episode is very funny and very good and there's a documentary on YouTube, but I haven't watched it yet. If you just Google or if you um, f- look for it on YouTube, Carnival Poop Cruise, you should find it. Also, there's a new cr- a new documentary or new-ish documentary. It's it says the the second um, second widely exposed COVID on a cruise. I don't know. The documentary is called Hell of a Cruise. I don't really know much about it, but I got excited when I read about it. And it's on Peacock, which I don't really have. But I want to watch that. And I'm like, ever since going on this cruise, I'm interested in cruise culture. And, you know, when I was on the cruise, there was part of me, I I, I kind of feel weird about saying it out loud, but... There was a part of me that felt like this is all excess. You know, none of this is necessity. It's it's almost like... It, but it, I felt the same way when going to conventions. Like all this merch. No one needs this merch. It's not a necessity. But it's a very pessimistic, negative way of looking at it. I'm a very pessimistic, negative person. And um, so... But the same at the same time, like cruise people, there are rich people that go on cruises, but you don't I would say you don't have to be rich to go on a cruise. You can be, you know, get those drink packages, drop thousands at the casino, um, buy all the premium food and really live it up or you can get one of the more basic packages and just you know eat what's included drink sensibly blah 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 so it, it it's just like everything you could be and i'm sure rich people have the better rooms and go on the better cruises da 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 da, da. but i enjoyed myself um Here's, I guess I should give some recommendations. Uh, pick up some Dramamine if you are prone to seasickness. And I got a little seasick even whilst on Dramamine. So my friend recommended wristbands. I don't know how they work. I don't know much about them. But he said his cousin gets uh, car sick. And he used a some sort of wristband, and it helped him a lot. He was fine on the cruise. So look into cr- your um, 
these wristbands or whatever. Um, look into drink packages if you think you're going to drink a lot. I mean, I'm not an expert, and I'm sure you can find someone with more expertise who who goes on a cruise every week, and they know statistically what you should and should not do. I'm just giving you my insight after having gone on one cruise. You know, maybe you've never been on a cruise, but um, eh, but it was fun. Have it's it's fun being five to ten minutes away from your own personal bathroom at any given time. So, you know, if you're the type of person who likes to shit at home, your cruise room, your stateroom bathroom is is where it's at, you know. Try the room service. I I really regret that. I I want to try to go on that, um, the private island, you know, that sounds interesting. Also... There was um there's the, there's this weird feeling of safety cuz when you go to into a casino let's say in like Temecula or San Diego you know anyone can walk in <laughs> it's free to walk in so you don't know anyone could be in there you know but on a cruise you know that people have somewhat been vetted and they paid a lot of money to be in there so there is this weird feeling of like there's uh, you know everyone paid a premium to be here so we're i don't know what i'm trying to say i'm probably gonna get in trouble think about your photo package i wanted to purchase 10 photos and my wife wanted to purchase five and we played rock, paper, scissors, she won, so we got five, and there, uh, there's all these photos, like high quality, pretty high quality photos that the photographers on the ship took, and we can't get them, and for whatever reason, they don't allow access, like, I, I look through the FAQ, and they're like, we don't allow you to purchase photos after the cruise. It's not an option. It's not available. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? I am willing to give you money. It's like that Futurama thing. Shut up and take my money. And they're like actively refusing money. It's very weird. I don't know if it's a... I have no idea an insurance thing a um a, a a liability thing a contractual thing like I I'm looking at the photos now and they're all watermarked and they look horrible because of the watermark and I I'm like I'm willing to purchase I'm I'm willing to pay a lot of money for these photos these are memories, and they're like, they're basically saying, you should have thought of that before, sucker. And then, like, I click on it. Uh, and there's not even an option to unlock it. But on my phone, like, um, 
it says you can, you don't have any more credits i'm sorry you look through the faq we don't allow purchase of photos after the cruise and then so af after the 30 days it's just going to be gone these photos are gone almost as if you lose them you put them on a memory card and then you lose the memory card but they're just going to delete them and it's it's making me very sad i'm like i will pay you I'll pay you double what you asked for. Well, maybe not, but I'll pay you a lot of money for these photos. And they're like, nah, I'm sorry. It's not, a, it's not an option. Fucking bitch ass. Um, my other coworker on, at Amazon, she's recently went on a Norwegian cruise, not to Norwegia, um, but to like Ensenada on a Norwegian cruise line. My other one went on, I think, Diamond Princess. And my other my other friend went on Carnival. We went Royal Caribbean. It's a fun time. It, my brother has never been on a cruise. And he's interested. He wants to take his son on one. And I'm like, but you live in Vegas. You're on an actual real-life cruise right now without the seasickness. You go down to the strip, go to the casinos, the nice restaurants, everything, the attractions, the shows, without the seasickness, without the rockiness of the boat. But I, I think if, if you're interested, you should do it at least once just to see how it is. Um, we had a good time. That's why I call this episode Cruise Control. I guess now I will talk about the Murdoch murders, a southern scandal. Um, this sh mini series, I guess, I watched it on Netflix. It was pretty. It started off good. It started off with this story about this kid, uh, this group of kids getting kind of drunk and going on their little boat and they get into an accident and they basically hammer home the point that this one of the kids the driver of the boat is part of this big time lawyer family and so he gets away with everything if any if he gets in any trouble at all he calls up his big time lawyer grandfather he's like grandfather i need help and the grandfather's like don't worry about it i will erase it away i'll wipe it away and that's that's the that's the point they're trying to hammer home that over and over again this murdog kid um gets away with everything and then as the miniseries progressed i think there's only three episodes you realize that the story they open with doesn't have really a lot to do with the bigger picture that they're trying to tell. Not really. I mean, yes, they hammered the point that this family is semi-untouchable or whatever, but I don't know. The more this series went on, the less interested I got. One thing that was funny was um, it opens with this attractive girl and this kid who looks like a fucking nerd 
R.I.P. Spoiler alert, this kid gets murdered by his father. Um, I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but... The director or writer of the documentary kept having all all the people in this doc say she really just, you know, fell in love with his personality. They said that 50 times because every time they showed the picture, you see this hot girl and this Leave it to Beaver guy and you're like, what the fuck are they doing together? Um, so one after another, everyone is like, yeah, he's... She she pretty much just really fell in love with his personality over and over and over again. Because you don't really get it. You see all these pictures and you don't really get it. Um, and I don't get it. And I think it's it has to be a power thing, a money thing. Because they, they don't look like a good fit. And you you immediately wonder why is this girl with this ugly guy, and it has to be because his his family had money and his family had power, and money and power go a long way. Um, but by the end of the documentary, it just felt very unresolved. You know, um, at the end, this this guy. Alec, it's spelled Alex, but it's pronounced Alec. I don't know what that's about. Alec Murdaugh is probably behind the murders of his wife and child. And that's not really definitely stated, but he is indicted for their, their deaths. And indicted to me always sounds worse than it is. Indicted, it sounds like. I don't know. It almost sounds like electrocuted or executed. He was indicted. But it just means charged. It 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 almost sounds like he was found guilty. Indicted sounds like it means he was found guilty and he's going to go to jail for the rest of his life. But no, indicted just means he was charged with their murders. And he still has to go through the trial and he has to be found guilty or not guilty. So at the end of this doc, he was indicted for these, the murder of his wife and child. And he's just casually talking to his other son, Buster. And they're just casually talking like, as if his wife and son... And as if Buster's mom and brother were not recently viciously and violently slain. So again, I don't know what that's about. And I I mean, Pat Walsh of We'll See You in Hell fame, he said over and over again that he doesn't like this trend of documentary where the documentary is lazy. And I'm like, you, you don't want to wait you know, a few months or years to wait to see what happens so you can show the result in the documentary. So we, they don't even explicitly say if 
he is indeed responsible for their murders. And they don't know what happens to Alec Murdaugh because they it's up in the air for now. Um, is it worth your time? Sure, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's quick. It's It's only three episodes, I think. And that's the only thing I've seen since the last episode, unfortunately. Um, and I'm at the 45-minute mark, and I just got a notification saying I need to free up storage space. Um, I just listened to an episode of We'll See You in Hell today. Movies that make them cry. And for the first time, Pat Walsh cries on the actual podcast. Um, he, um, and he'll be the first to say it, but an outside observer, he has so much baggage with his father. Um, a lot of comedy comes from it, but you can tell just as a, an avid listener of the podcast, there is so much baggage and and sadness and, and, and deep deep sadness i i feel like i don't i mean he said he's told so many stories about his father and they're usually funny cuz he's pat's a funny guy and he can twist them into a funny way but man i i i i wonder what happened like really what happened i i there's so much scarring between him and his father. I, I don't know if his... It, it feels like he... I don't know. It, it feels like he hates his father, but he would never say it out loud. But at the same time, it feels like he deeply wants his father's approval in a way. Or maybe I'm way off. Maybe he doesn't at all. I, I don't know. I probably shouldn't be speculating speculating about it. Be speculating? Because it's none of my business. Um, but, you know, a lot of the movies that made him cry was about characters that are just closed off. And I don't know. There, there's just something going on between him and his father that the world will probably never understand or know or realize about but i hope pat gets the help he needs i remember watching his um an episode of living biblically they talk about it on today's episode not today's episode but the latest episode about a uh, shooter mcga shooter mcgavin shooter mcgaffrey Shooter McGavin, um, he played Pat's basically Pat's dad on Living Biblically. And I remember watching that episode and being like, this is kind of unfair. I don't know. Sometimes I feel f sorry for Pat's dad, and maybe I shouldn't. Because um, sometimes Pat makes him out to be a monster, and I'm not sure he is, but maybe he is. I don't know. It's none of my business. It's none of my business. Um but i have about 13 minutes to kill so i will just i'm just gonna copy we'll see you in hell and talk about some movies that have made me cry
because I need to fill the rest of this episode. You know, I'm going to talk about, well, Coco is the one that really made me cry in recent years. Uh, maybe not even that recent. It was a while ago, but I, I ugly cried in front of my wife. I had to turn away from her and be like, I was ugly crying. I was like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Um, basically, because it felt like, spoiler alert, at the end of Coco, but because um, basically every Disney movie starts with a family member, usually the parents dying, and then the the children have to, you know, figure their way at life or whatever. And then at the end of Coco... He's singing and dancing and the ghosts of his family are all there. And it, it almost felt like a reversal of all those Disney movies. Because even though your family has passed, your parents, your grandparents, whatever. They're still there watching over you. And they're still close to you, blah, blah, blah. And he's singing the song and I just fucking bawled like I, like I haven't bawled in a long time. And um, another movie that was making me pretty weepy was um, I Want You Back, starring Charlie Day and um, Jen. God damn it. Um. I want you back. Just give me the name. Come in, Wikipedia. Uh, Jenny Slate. God damn it. Um, I had an on. I had an online friend who will not be named. And it, it's not. It's not hyperbole to say for me, she was one of my favorite people on the planet. I, and I've never met her in person. And I, I liked her a lot. I thought she was very cool and very funny and very beautiful. And, but she was my friend. You know, I met her obviously like after I was married. So it's platonic. It's nothing more than that. And for whatever reason, she just kind of made it clear that she didn't want to be friends anymore. Like, I made a joke, and she was like, fuck off. Like, I don't think this is funny. And I haven't talked to her since. So I want you back. For me, it felt like a, a funny, casual exploration of a platonic relationship and I don't you know I think art is up for interpretation but in I Want You Back I, I kind of saw them as two people that really bonded together as friends Jenny Slate and Charlie Day I'm not a big fan of Charlie Day but after that movie I, I it kind of turned me around I I liked him a lot in that movie. I liked his character. I liked his performance. And I felt like it was just a guy and a girl who bonded as friends. And I think that's rare. And to bond as adults and a male and a female, 
and I'd have to watch it again. I (laughs) I remember Pat Walsh reviewing it and saying he just didn't like it. He just thought it was bad. And he thought the bar for romantic comedies is just very low. And that's true. But I I remember th- watching that movie and then thinking about it afterwards and what was going on with me and my former friend. It was making me cry, like, at work. And I would think about it, and within seconds, I was just teary-eyed. Because, I, I don't know, I... I find it very hard to find people I connect with. And when it does, I don't want to lose it. And I lost it. I had this friend with a a girl who I really liked. And she just blew me off. And it's over. I haven't talked to her since. And I, I miss that friendship. And there's a moment in I Want You Back where I think Charlie Day is like, I, I, I miss you, da 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 da, da. and it it hit me. I, I think it was just the right movie for the right moment in my life. Uh, I might rewatch it and hate it. I I don't know. But at the time, I thought that movie was really special. Like just, I think it's rare to to bond deeply with a person of the opposite sex as friends and when it happens i think it's rare i can't help but think of um billy crystal and he says you know men and women can't be friends because they're always thinking about sex um he's not wrong but i don't know um yeah, I think that's all I got for this episode. I'm at 40, 54 minutes. If you're listening to this, I, I I really appreciate it. I I hope you are well. I hope your pets are well and thriving. Um, check out We'll See You in Hell. Check them out on Patreon. Check out Ghost Town Podcast. Um... Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Don't abandon each other to the wolves. Um, Embrace your dreams. And uh, thanks for listening. And say hi to your pets for me.